as many of us are fully aware, Christmas is just 12 days away. Hopefully you are prepared and ready to go. Maybe some of you are getting ready uh, to take advantage of the Christmas lockdown amnesty and you're looking forward to seeing extended family who perhaps you haven't seen for most of this year. Uh, so before the celebrations begin, I want to take a moment this morning and reflect again on the reality of this season. Christmas uh, in the church calendar is often referred to as the season of Advent. It's a time when we remember God's arrival amongst us. The word Advent literally means uh, means that. It means arrival or the coming. Uh, it's a time when we remember the arrival of God amongst us in the form of a baby, a baby who was born to be king. The philosopher and theologian Kiergaard once told a story of a king who was more wealthy than any other king before or since. He had everything he wanted except the thing he wanted most. He wanted to be married. He wanted to find love. Now, the problem wasn't the lack of opportunity. There were plenty of females in his kingdom that would have loved to become his queen. Besides his wealth and power, this king had a reputation of being kind and just. But the king was concerned uh, how he would know he was marrying the right woman. Would, he just, would, he, would they marry him for love or would they become his queen simply because of his wealth and prestige? More than anything, this king wanted to be married and he wanted to do more than just share his palace and wealth. He wanted to share his heart. So one day he's outside the palace when he sees a simple peasant woman. There's nothing special about her, but for some reason she caught his eye. And as he watches her from a distance, he realises he was falling in love with this peasant woman. Why he loves her was hard to explain. She had no wealth, no social connection, no political influence. Uh, it didn't seem like she had anything to offer him, but he loved her regardless. But how could he express this love? And so he asked his advisors and they said, well, hey, you're the king. You, you have ultimate power. You can just command her to love you. She's powerless to resist. You can just take away her freedom of choice. But he was a wise king and he knew whilst he could force her body to be present in his palace, there was no way he could force her heart to be his. So then his advisor suggested that he just look elsewhere, find someone else, find someone more worthy to be his queen, someone more no with no more noble standing in the community. And he tried. Um, but as the days and weeks passed, he could not stop thinking about this woman. He began to think maybe the best way to win her heart would be to shower her with gifts. You know, as he looked at the needs that she had, uh, she was hungry, she was dirty. He knew that with the click of his fingers, he could solve all her problems. But he wondered how would he know that she simply loved him for him and not for the gifts that he'd given her. And so he realised there was only one thing he could do. One day he got up and he removed his crown and his royal robes and he left the palace and he lived in the dump, scratching out a living in the dirt and he groveled for food. The king became as ragged as the one he loved. It was 
the only way. During this season, we are reminded that you and I are like that peasant woman. And God is the king who removes his royal robes and comes and lives amongst us. He doesn't force us to love him or force us to respond to him because of who he is. Instead, he becomes like us. And the most amazing part of the story is that he chooses to become like us. God chooses to step into our world. The God of the universe chooses to put on human flesh. What kind of God would do that? It seems completely insane. In the opening chapter of John's Gospel, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. In in this wonderful opening passage in John's Gospel, we see this image of Jesus as the word and he is the word that has been with God from the beginning in fact Jesus is God he reveals to us what God is fully like and as this passage continues we get to verse 14 it says this the word Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Eugene Peterson in the the message translation of the Bible, he puts it this way. He says, the word become flesh and blood and moved into the neighbourhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. God moves into the neighbourhood. God, The God of the universe, he didn't just stand at a distance and speak morality and philosophy into his creation. Instead, he entered into his creation. God knows what it means to be human. He knows what it's like to be you and I. He knows what it means to feel tired, to feel hungry. He knows what it means to be a teenager full of raging hormones. He knows what it means to feel disappointment, to to be discouraged. Not only does he know it, but he chose to put himself in that place. In Jesus, we see a God who is fully God, yet fully man as well. And in this moment, when God moves into the neighbourhood, puts on flesh, everything is changed. God himself puts on flesh and he begins to rewrite the human story, rewriting the story of what life is all about with his own life. And so what difference does all this make? What does it show us? Well, I think it reveals to us a simple truth that God is near. Christmas, this Advent season reminds us over and over again that God has come near, that God knows what it means to feel afraid, to feel anger, to feel tempted. 
not in some lofty theoretical way but in a knowing way in that he actually felt it he actually felt pain in his body in his hands in his eyes he felt real pain as the writer of Hebrews says, uh, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And the reality of this changes everything, especially at Christmas. And the one thing that 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 we're reminded of at Christmas and even more so in the midst of a global pandemic is not everything is how we would always hope it would be. That at Christmas we can often be reminded of our own human frailty. It's often a time when we have to come to terms with life as it really is, not as we would like it to be. We have to come to terms with the fact that our lives and maybe our families aren't always everything we hope for. That, that sometimes there's dysfunction or pain or breakdown. Christmas sadly can be a time that highlights the disappointments and dysfunctions. Uh, and, and the truth is most of our Christmases, if we're to be honest, are more like the Griswolds than some Norman Rockwell painting. But the good news is God enters into the human story in the middle of a war zone. He arrives as a refugee born in a barn with the smell of animal poo all around him. And it's, and it's not royalty or the important people who come to visit him. Instead, it's foreign kings from a far off land and some smelly shepherds who spend all their time in a field with sheep. This is where God chooses to walk into the human story. And that's where he chooses to meet us. You see, God chooses to be near us in the midst of our mess. We don't have to have it all together. And, you know, we could be facing challenges. We could be dealing with disappointments. And boy, has this been a year full of challenges and disappointments. And as we celebrate Christmas this year, the truth is it's not going to be the Christmas any of us would have planned for. It's not the Christmas that any of us would have necessarily wanted. And yet Jesus continues to enter our story right where we are, right in the middle of our mess, right in the middle of our confusion, right in the middle of the challenges we face. And he becomes like us. He, he feels our pain that, that we might find life and life in all its fullness through him so this christmas time although it might not be the christmas we hope for although we might not be able to do all the things that we love and enjoy we know that god meets us right where we are and may we encounter more of him in this season the reality of him the god who identifies with our pain the god who knows what it's like to feel and suffer and to experience brokenness and pain and mess and may we invite him into that place again 
this Christmas time. Suppose there was a king who loved a humble maiden. The king was like no other king. Every statesman trembled before his power. No one dared breathe a word against him, for he had the strength to crush all opponents. And yet this mighty king was melted by love for a humble maiden. How could he declare his love for her? In an odd sort of way, his very kingliness tied his hands. If he brought her to the palace and crowned her head with jewels and clothed her body in royal robes, she would surely not resist. No one dared resist him. But would she love him? She would say she loved him, of course, but would she truly? Or would she live with him in fear, nursing a private grief for the life she had left behind? Would she be happy at his side? How could he know? If he rode to her forest cottage in his royal carriage, with an armed escort waving bright banners, that too would overwhelm her. He did not want a cringing subject. He wanted a lover, an equal. He wanted her to forget that he was a king and she was a humble maiden, and to let shared love cross over the gulf between them. For it is only in love that the unequal can be made equal. The king, convinced he could not elevate the maiden without crushing her freedom, resolved to descend. He clothed himself as a common man and approached her cottage with a worn cloak fluttering loosely about him. It was not just a disguise. The king took on a whole new identity. He renounced the throne to declare his love and to win mine. <laughs>